This is a special ARM podcast as we speak with session presenters and keynote speakers from the ARM Virtual Conference. I'm Bill Klaproth. With me is Michael Kohler, Administrative Director of Procurement Operations and Strategy at Stanford Healthcare, and Dr. Kevin Shea, Chambers Akamura Endowed Professor in Pediatric Orthopedics, Vice Chief of Pediatric Orthopedic Surgery for Research, Director of Pediatric Sports Medicine, and Assistant Surgeon-in-Chief for Quality and Supply Chain Management at Stanford Medicine. Their session, Contracting for Supply Chain Resiliency and Value. Michael and Dr. Shea, welcome. I'm going to turn it over now to Michael to talk more about this upcoming session. Great. Thank you, Bill. The COVID pandemic really strained our supply chain environment, which was already under pressure from fires, floods, hurricanes, which exposed the fragile nature of our global supply chain. Additionally, we have port closures and other restrictions, a shortage of shipping containers, dock workers, and truck drivers. These all amplified our challenges. These forces catalyzed the need for us to change the way that we manage our supply chain. Today's procurement function really needs to navigate new markets, new supply sources, new vendors, and new vendor relationships that mandates that the procurement function be able to reduce unacceptable variation and strategically position for better reliability, what we call resiliency. And for a physician's viewpoint on this, which is critical to what we're doing, I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Shea. Great, Michael. Wonderful to be talking about a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. You outlined some of the challenges we faced recently, and I think some of our first steps are really to be able to create an internal alliance between a group of physicians, key clinicians, and the supply chain, because those groups really are interdependent and dependent on each other. I think physician alignment is really critical to support these new vendor models, pricing, consignment, attempts to create better value in our supply chains. And I think I've also learned, as has Michael through the years, that if we don't align our physicians, though in many ways I think they'll undermine the work we do. You know, sometimes uh, physicians think the vice president of supply chain is an alien or Satan, and we've really got to work on removing those perspectives and really help physicians understand that their input is critical. We need physician champions, but we also have to speak as one voice to the vendors, the physicians and the value chain, supply chain leaders all need to be really aligned and work together and be involved and really try to emphasize the importance of delivering value to our patients, to the clinicians and supply chain teams. I think getting the physicians and RN teams to really work together and recognize that rational variation is critical. Rational variation is fine, but irrational variation is not. Surgeons and other clinicians have remarkable clinical content expertise, and we need to take advantage of that. There are certain categories of items that have a lot of risk and complexity, and we really have to focus on those. And in cases where we can find appropriate substitutes and decrease complexity, we want to do that. I think another important critical piece is getting the vendors to move away from kind of just simply transactional relationships to think of them as being strategic partners. We have to think new in new ways about how our vendor partnerships are going to help us create more efficient supply chains and better care for our patients. And these really begin with a sense of true partnership and shared accountability for outcomes in our patients. I think another thing, Michael, and you may have some other thoughts, but clinical standardization is is critical. The supply chain knows this, but the clinicians don't always know this. And so getting the clinicians to really be involved in helping standardize things when possible is critical, especially if you take example of introducing new and more expensive surgical tools, implants, and other options. Many times we don't have clinical data to support adopting a new expensive device or implant, and it's pretty critical that we look at that. There's an interesting study in 2019 looking at about 2,000 hospitals, and they found that lower supply vending did not necessarily correlate with lower quality care. In fact, at some institutions, you can get better care and better outcomes by saving money 
on products. You really have to integrate the clinicians into these decisions that supply chain has to handle. And you also have to drive home to clinicians that complexity is risk. When we can reduce complexity in a supply chain, a care process, a care map, we lower the risk and we increase the likelihood of getting good outcomes. I think another component here is value analysis. One of the things that health system recognizing is we need committees of physicians and supply chain leaders to work together to identify value. There's lots of things coming forth all the time, new products, many that can provide better outcomes, but sometimes they just add complexity and unnecessary cost to the supply chain. We really want to work to reduce some of this variability, especially some of these very expensive and complex surgical preference items that can raise costs. Those hospital value committees in some ways stand as a gatekeeper to the adoption of new products. We want to have these products go through some type of review showing that they ideally can lower cost and improve quality, but at least improve quality. And getting clinicians to build consensus together about how to do this with the supply chain partners is critical. Absolutely. And one of the things that we do, and Dr. Shea is such a champion of this, is we meet with our vendors and we try to put pen to paper. Let's formalize these and get our agreements out front. Everybody gets agreement on those, as he was describing, and build in some things like supplier evaluations and feedback mechanisms so we can enhance our collaboration and align all of those different entities, the clinicians, the vendors, and supply chain. This results in a stronger, more innovative partnership across the spectrum, especially with our suppliers. And this is new for them as well. And we need to include things like KPIs, carrot and stick motivators, and mutually beneficial assurances. Those are essential elements within our agreements. This requires us to separate from some of the traditional boilerplate language that we've used in the past and have contract provisions that are focused on value, resiliency, and our clinical customers. If some of the contracting strategies, if we were to focus on them, that optimize our contracts, and they should strengthen our relationship with our key vendors. Vendor consolidation is a key. It has intrinsic synergies that include reducing inventory variation, which Dr. Shea spoke about. It supports incentives that enable savings associated with economies of scale. And it also fosters healthy competition amongst our vendors. And speaking of the vendors, you know, we have to recognize that as we try to elevate into more strategic partnerships, we need to maintain a favorable relationship with our vendors, including a good payment history. Believe it or not, AP affects how we are able to contract with vendors. Vendors are less likely to provide you know, favorable contract status and payment terms to slow pay entities. So the door swings both ways. We need to make sure that we are true partners on both sides. And then another thing we should do is not just focus on price, but look for these favorable payment terms that vendor partners may be willing to provide such as moving from a net 30 to a net 60 or e-pay options, just to manage cash flow, recognizing that cash flow is the lifeblood of an organization. And then there's really, really critical elements, like for the higher-end items especially, things like consignment. Moving vendors to a consignment inventory is critical for us to manage out a lot of the variation we don't like and include standardization and lower our risk profile. Dr. Shea has been a great champion in this, and I'm going to hand it over to him to, to speak about consignment. Yeah, and Michael, a lot of great points, and I do think you emphasize being good partners. We want to create partnerships that work for vendors and the health systems and our patients and try to find win-wins as much as possible. But I do think consignment is an area which some vendors struggle with, and I think we have to approach this very carefully and consistently, but also let vendors know this is potentially a positive for them. In many cases, I think the consignment mode is going to narrow the vendor field, if you will, but that may also increase their, quote, shelf space and the amount of access they have for users to actually use their equipment during care. There's a lot of benefits to this, certainly from the vendor side, but definitely from our side on the provider side. We can certainly reduce costs, especially capital outlays. Capital is very 
rare, especially in most health systems where they're nonprofit, capital is tough to come by. We can also reduce the cost of new products just by storing them there, but not necessarily purchase them until they're the point of use. When a product becomes obsolete or is replaced by a new item, if you've bought it, you have to go through that process of unbuying and getting credit. It's much more complex. Moving away, once again, new products are always coming on, and when they're better, we're going to shift to them. And so if we go to consignment models, it's easier for the vendors to simply swap them out, and there's not the financial complexity. I think it also creates a sense of, as Michael said, a sense of competition and accountability for the vendors. If it's consigned, they better make sure they've got good products on the shelf for us, whereas if once they've sold it to us, we bought it, and we're kind of stuck with it. It sort of changes that perspective. There are some low cost, I think high velocity or high turnover items, which we're going to go ahead and purchase, but there are a lot of things that aren't high velocity, high turnover, and so those things we really have to move with consignment. Our policies with the vendors really need to outline the rationale for doing this, the benefits to both parties, especially our patients who really are the North Star of everything we do. And hey, Bill and Dr. Shane, I've been thrilled to be able to present this. We appreciate the opportunity to give you a few samples here of our presentation that's going to be coming up here at the ARM21 virtual presentation. Dr. Shea, any closing comments you might have? I think this is a really exciting time for all of us in healthcare, both on the physician side, the supply chain side, and definitely on the patient side. Every day we're being challenged to take care of more patients and try to do this with better outcomes and lower cost. And I think supply chain is and optimizing the way you run your supply chain by integrating with clinicians are absolutely critical to health systems that are really trying to become accountable care organizations and really provide the best care for our patients going forward. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Shea and Michael, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And for more education like this, please go to the ARM Knowledge Center at arm.org slash knowledge dash center. Thanks for listening.